0: Voila, the ZF-1. It's light. Handles adjustable for ease of carrying. Good for rideys and lifties. Breaks down to four parts undetectable by x-ray. Ideal for quick, discreet interventions. Award on firepower. Titanium recharger. 3,000 round clip with bursts of 3 to 300. And with the replay button, another Zorg invention. It's even easier to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast.
1: Thunder Road 3 now online. My favorite. How can I help you travel through movie space-time today? Course entered. The Fifth Element, 1997. Is this correct? Course set. Rewinding in 3, 2, 1...
2: Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners, to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the former pod, now the TR3, Francisco Ruiz, and I am joined by your ex on mine, Paul, the pauljpowers.com Powers. Uh, hi. Uh, hi, Paul. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Also for this discussion of the film, The Fifth Element, we welcome back aboard radio broadcaster and one of the hosts of the Geek at Arms podcast, James Felix. Hey, James. Uh, Negative. I am a meat
0: popsicle.
2: Oh, oh, my bad. Well, you know what? This is a first. We've never had a meat popsicle on this uh, show before. So (laughs) glad to have you. In addition, we are glad to have back aboard other co-hosts of the Geek at Arms podcast and ship's valet, Mike Fraley. Hey, Mike. Michael Faley, (laughs) (laughs) multi-pass. And finally, we welcome back uh, the end of the Triforce of Geek at Arms, Brian Ray. And now, Brian, you have sailed with us three times. Do you know what that means? That means that I get to choose a title, yes. Uh, a position aboard the ship. Not quite. You now are now promoted to shipman, an official position
3: shipman. on the. No! No! Do you have duty three? to do? Yes. <laughs> but
2: what department would you like to serve in? I know the TR three we're a little cramped in here, but we could still pick a department if we ever get the pod back. I think you need an archivist. Oh, we have we have some, but you could be in the oh, archives, yeah. ship's archives. Awesome. Jun- we need junior help in archivist. There. Yes, the ship's junior archivist.
4: Yeah. We need help, our, our, our archives got depleted, some of them. We could sure use the help. Yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> and now they have... So congratulations, Brian. And now they have a quick flyby of who we are. Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Fifth Element? Sure. Heart
4: was released what? May 11th, what? 2006. What? Runs two hours <laughs> and six minutes. What is, is Heart, looking- Paul? Heart... You said we're reviewing The Fifth oh, Element. dang it. And every Captain Planet <laughs> f- fan knows that The Fifth <laughs> Element is heart. Oh, so that movie was directed by Hani Saptura and was written by Aramandanato.
2: Okay, that's what? wonderful, Paul, but we're actually talking about the 1997 Bruce Willis starring Luc Besson directing The Fifth Element.
4: What? After all that... <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right fine the fifth element was released may 9th 1997 and ran six minutes over the two-hour mark it's rated pg-13 and was directed by luke besson it was also written by this dude along with the help of robert mark kamen with lead stars being bruce willis Mia Jovovich, sorry, Mila. Mia, Gary Oldman, Ian Holm, Chris Tucker, you know. Mm-hmm. And the music was composed by Eric Serra. You ready for
2: the box office trivia? I am ready. Uh, Mike, James, and Brian, are you guys ready? Not even I'm a ready. little bit. Let's well, do that's it. too bad. And everyone here live in Ches, welcome to Play Along as well. Go for it, Paul.
4: All right. The Fifth Element was made for about $90 million and went on to earn over $263 million at the box office. Whoa. So given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1997? All right. Let's start with James. What is your uh, guess?
0: Be- not just because it's the fifth element, but I'm going to go top five and I'm going to say number three. Number three. Oh,
2: nice. Wow. Okay. Uh, Brian, what's it you? Seven. Seven. Okay. Mike? I'm going to say that I came in fifth because <laughs> that would be just too perfect. <laughs> that would be. Um, I'm pretty sure Men in Black was probably number one that year. That'd be my guess. I think that's when I came out. Oh, uh, wait, no, that is 96. Okay, well, it doesn't black matter.
4: black did come out.
2: Uh, I know it came out at some point, I'm not, but I think <laughs> it came out in '97, is what I mean. Yeah, it did. Oh, oh okay, okay. I wasn't way off. Um, my guess, though, you took three, seven, and five. All right, guys, I'm going to price is right, you and at least two of you, and say uh, four. <laughs> Oh,
3: you're supposed to. <laughs> you
2: were right to, in between. <laughs> you're supposed to choose a prime number. You're supposed to pick eleven. You know what? Whatever. Um, and then here in chat, uh, Bob of course goes with forty-two. Uh, Rushmore also guesses four. See, we're on the same page.
4: top Kirk. four and nothing more. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but Paul, where did it actually end up? If you had picked eleven, sir, you would have won You came in at oh. nine. Oh, okay, okay. So whoever said seven. Which was Brian. Good job, Brian. Hey, congratulations. Fabulous
2: prizes. Yes. (laughs) Honor and glory, which never saved anyone. Two tickets to
0: Austin's Paradise.
2: (laughs) 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 Make it pop, pop, pop. Oh, my word. But uh, thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory, mind meld, or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Travis has looked at our target film.
1: Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. 250 years into the future. Major Dallas, you've been selected for a mission of the utmost importance. What mission? Hold on! The race to save the human race is in the hands of one man. You to play it hard? Let's play it hard. Bruce Willis. We're sending somebody in to negotiate. Anybody else want to negotiate? The Fifth Element, rated PG thirteen.
0: I want to see that film. <laughs> and whenever that, that that trailer does not match the tone of the movie at not all, so yeah, much. I not see that. It's
2: that's like that's if if Michael Bay directed The Fifth Element, then that trailer would match perfectly. <clears throat> but you know that that TV spot probably did jog some memories for our. Memories for us. So let's uh, find out what our memory mind mode synopsis for the fifth element was. Uh, Aziz Light. The professor and Dylan 90210 need to read the hieroglyphics before they the, before the walking jukeboxes take the fifth element away. Then the duck robots tell Bilbo, the priest, that he needs to save the girl from Resident Evil because she is the fifth element. John, Mc- John McClane is moonlighting as a taxi driver when Carrot Top falls into his cab. Escape military zombies before being fired by Sirius Black. The artist, never known as Prince, ditches Jackie Chan and flies to space Ritz-Carlton with Bilbo Baggins for a concert from the universe's prettiest xenomorph John McClane, Bilbo Baggins, and Detective Carter rush back to the temple. But Alice is unable to activate the weapon until Corbin reveals the true fifth element by confessing his love. I, I mean... That's pretty spot I, on. I, yeah, I mean, it's almost <laughs> exactly not like this movie. Ah, based on those memories, those flaws, where what rain did they lead you to predict for this film before you rewatched it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with uh, James again.
0: Oh, this one is so hard. Actually, it's the easiest one I've ever done. This is an absolute classic. Oh, okay. Absolute we'll classic.
2: See. Interesting. Brian, <laughs> how about yourself? Also classic? Also classic. All right, all right. Uh, Mike, going to get Trifecta? I I predicted classic. Classic.
4: Paul, how about you? Um I saw this in the theater and mm-hmm. thought it was Pretty bad, and <laughs> haven't seen it since. Uh, so I predicted tragic. Tragic. Nice. And I actually,
2: you know what? I, I didn't. I remember seeing this before. I've seen this before, and I thought, you know what? This is one of those movies, much like The Rocketeer, sort of went up in my in my in my thinking. And when I viewed it, I thought, you know what? This I think this movie has the potential for doing that as well. So I I predicted classic as well. So we have. Th- <laughs> Four I'll to- see
4: you all on
2: the other <laughs> side. <laughs> yes, it'll be interesting to see what that other side looks like. But f- before we get into our fire range, let's go through and talk about what we liked most about the fifth el- the fifth element, uh, Travis.
1: Best bits.
2: And I'm going to start with a
3: mic this time. What is one thing you liked about the fifth element? One thing that I noticed, especially in this rewatch, especially is that Mila Jovovich. Sorry, it's my fault. I think it's just Jovovich. I thought. Oh, Jovovich, Jovovich. Do you know what it is? Yeah, there it is, like right there and right, right there in writing. Yeah, Jovovich. Mila Jovovich delivers such wonderful sincerity even when she's speaking utter gibberish like Mm -hmm. if you watch her eyes in any scene you feel like she's in this reality like she's she's not just seeing the set she is seeing the world through lilu's eyes and just that that conviction and that that delivery that performance was really anchoring for me so mm. that's that's really high up there for me yeah, yeah mia's yeah. best features are her eyes
5: oh. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. he completely sells this concept that she's an immortal being of unimaginable power knows nothing about the world around her yes
2: absolutely so <laughs> was that that <clears throat> was that one of your likes as well james
0: Uh, It was, but one of mine was just how just the entire cast, Mm. Uh, not just Mila Jovovich, but we're talking Bruce Willis as Mm -hmm. Corbin Dallas. um, Gary Oldman as Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg Mm -hmm. and Ian Holm as Vito Cornelius. They really did such a great job. And what was so wonderful is that they played each of these parts completely straight, yeah, yep. and just dedicated themselves to them, and that it it made this action, sci-fi, drama, dramedy, comedy, just such a pleasure to watch.
4: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I will agree. This this movie would not be nearly as memorable if it weren't for the cast.
2: I I yeah, I think. I'll have something to say on that later, but I bet
4: you <laughs>
2: <laughs> But I'm surprised none of you guys seemed uh for me, something I liked was I and me it could have been just nostalgia for me, but seeing all the, the practical alien effects in this, yeah. I thought it was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I thought they they pulled them off well. As much as I feel like there wasn't a lot of thought to okay, how would this Big duck robot actually operate in the real world and actually be able to make all this technology. I don't think that was really thought through. I mean, the way they move, the the little art, the the limited articulation they could do. I feel like they're unless they're psychic or something, which doesn't come across at all. I don't think they're doing. They're getting to the level of. Uh, of intergalactic space travel that they are. Well, see, they're
6: from a very high-gravity planet, and so that's all just
2: gravity generators inside (laughs) the suit. Then why wouldn't they be strong enough to, like, shoot up when they get to Earth? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's them, exactly because it's not so thought
4: through. It, it's it's I, like the director was talking to the the puppet maker or whatever is like, oh wow, these look really cool. Great, how do they move? And he's like, wait, what?
3: To move? Wait, a person has to go in there. Well,
5: I think that's
0: we need the- we need we need twenty Belgian bodybuilders to get inside of yeah. this thing because that's the strength it takes to be able to do this right? Just waddle back and forth.
2: So cool I I thought the the designs were cool. I, again, mm. not super like thought okay, well how would this actually you, function if it was real, but overall cool designs, cool to look at and love that they were
0: like there in the world. So You had I, to call the Monachin Duckhead aliens though, they are now, every they time I, are. i've never made that connection and now i can't unthink it
3: and that is all i'm gonna think of when i look at them from now on
4: and when you do look at them and laugh like the dog and duck hunt oh my <laughs> god
3: though francisco i think that you put you you mm. you raise a point of a, something really interesting about this film like mm. if you think about it it makes no sense i mean i think most of this film if you stop and think about it for too long it, it, it doesn't make any sense oh, but it falls the apart. fact that it just but the fact that it just keeps going and it just keeps the pace keeps you from from stopping to ask those questions and <laughs> does it though <laughs> well so you're right this, th- s- this film was slow and boring oh my gosh i <laughs> wouldn't
2: call it there. slow <laughs> and boring but so one thing I, I have to say about this you're saying mike how it's, doesn't make a lot of sense um but keeps going. Apparently Luke Basson as reading in the trivia of that he had starred as the, the story. Yes, the director had okay. started this story back in like high school. He'd been writing it. So it seems it seems very much like something a high schooler would write. It's a very much a high schooler
6: script, yes. yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Exactly. That would very much explain all of the outfits that he puts Milo Jovovich in. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
5: Absolutely.
2: Yes. Um, but I am curious uh, what really outfitted this movie really well for you brian i'm gonna go
6: off the beaten path a little for me it's the color
5: oh yeah
6: yeah it's sort of bright and or or day and age where everything is kind of monochromatic yeah everything is blue or everything is yellow this movie has colors everywhere they're Mm -hmm. bright they're vibrant but they're not overdriven yeah which because they're shooting on film that doesn't happen it doesn't these days with the digital cameras yeah but interesting just
2: are you the, do the, you mean like when the whites are like too blown out is that what overdriven is or is that mm-hmm. yeah is when you get clipping the and the color channels the saturation is too much gotcha gotcha okay
4: thank yeah. you um the color correction is just way over <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh
6: but this movie has so many different colors variety of colors and even though they're they're bright and they're jarring there there's a harmonial harmony a harmony the harmony of the colors. No, I said it right. Oh, harmony. Yes, harmony
2: yes. of colors. Yes,
3: harmony, Granger. Yeah, got I always listen to harmony.
5: While I-
2: <laughs> wow, that's much brighter than the one I was going to make about macaroni. Continue, Brad. Do I have to? Oh, no, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's
5: about all. I had to Paul, say. did
2: did was there? I know you certainly come from uh, art uh, art background in school. Did the yeah. colors or the effects or something like that make your like list, or was it something else? No, but I will add
4: to that th- there were a lot of—to uh, agree with Brian, there were a lot of uh, variety of colors, but it mm-hmm. was not distracting from the film, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So, yeah, we agree on that. Um, going back to uh, what, Francisco, what you were kind of saying with mm-hmm. with the characters— mm-hmm. There, not many, but there were a few special effects that I was surprised held up really well for like some of the alien mouth movements yeah, that yeah, yeah. they did. It still holds up to today's standards, some of them. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but there were some that I was like, wow, this is really good. That so opera singer,
2: I, it's amazing. They articulated her lips so well. I don't <laughs> know how they did that. Well, not
4: her,
5: but... (laughs) (laughs) But sure.
2: (laughs) Okay, nice. Okay, that's awesome, Paul. Um, Well, let's get into what's the most awesome about The Fifth Element for each of us.
4: Uh, Paul, I'm just going to go right back to you. What did you love most? All right. The best thing about this film, The Fifth Element, Mm -hmm. is that it does a better job at having a Star Wars character sing opera than Star Wars ever did. (laughs) Wait, yeah. reference I've, to episode three and such. Episode three?
0: Like, oh! Did I miss a Wookiee opera or something? No,
2: no. When when the Emperor's trying to tempt Anakin, yes. they're watching some bubble show Squid or something. Lake. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay.
0: You know, if it had been a Wookiee <laughs> opera, episode three would have been much better. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> probably. I Turn thought,
0: off limbs and such, yeah.
2: I, my mind went to Jabba's, like,
0: uh... Uh, palace yeah, singing the yeah, there that's but, not opera okay no. Fine, no. that's whatever. that's the max rebo
3: band <laughs> yeah that's right. i watched oh, that in preparation oh. for this episode for reasons i don't understand now i know <laughs> <laughs> all dun, dun, has become dun, clear
2: dun, 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 dun.
3: okay anyway so you really liked uh
4: Wait, what did you say, Paul? You like the alien. Here we go
5: again. (laughs) The
4: best
2: thing
5: about this movie is that it does
4: a better job of having a Star Wars character (laughs) sing opera than Star Wars ever did. Okay, apparently I need to
2: open my ears and listen and talk less with my mouth. So I'm going to kick it now to
0: James. What's your favorite part? So when this movie came out in 97, there were other science fiction movies that just were we're dark and mm-hmm. we're depressing. I mean, that was when we saw Gattaca, Event Horizon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Aliens movie. And then Luc Besson comes out with this. And it is such a colorful, beautiful, vibrant world that is alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, his vision of the future uh, of I think it's like 2263 or something like that. And it just—it's constantly moving. Something's always always happening. You have yeah. a feel that like the city is actually alive. Yeah. And it's—it's
5: it's, it's a and touch. Pop, pop,
0: pop. <laughs> yeah. It's got to go. It's—it's it's a touch dystopic, um, but with like the lowered, um, uh, ocean levels and the trash everywhere, Wait, and the it, mega cityscape.
2: Is that why the Statue of Liberty is so high up? It's because the ocean went down.
0: Yes, I thought correct.
2: they like. Retrofit a big base under it. Okay, I didn't think I knew that. No,
0: and I did read that the reason that the airport was covered in trash mm-hmm. wasn't because like there's just trash everywhere. It's apparently there was a deleted scene where there were these aliens that they had made, which were like the the garbage men union, but they were on strike. Oh, yeah. okay, that makes a lot more sense. But it's was um, it was such a beautiful beautiful movie to look at. I mean the futuristic skylines, the vehicles, everything had character and flair to it. Mm -hmm. And Rick Flair was in it? It was. was Just in the background Background going woo. He's the one he he, may have
6: been, you'd have never known.
0: With with Ruby, Rod, who would even have noticed (laughs) Flair? (laughs) Um but just all of this together, this this great vision that Luc Besson had. I mean he had hired a couple of 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 artists, mm-hmm. um, uh, I can't find their names right now, but uh, just to make it look beautiful, yeah, um, and, and and it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, he even like hired a like a, a incredible fashion designer mm-hmm. to make all of the clothes look great, and apparently, this fashion designer like. Visually like inspected himself like two to three hundred of the costumes of just the extras. Wow. Right, just to make sure they were just right. So that attention to detail to every small bit of the movie just mm. made it so visually stunning and appealing.
5: Very for cool. This movie?
0: Uh yeah. Okay. Oh, that's where the <laughs> 90 million went. Okay. <laughs> oh my
2: <laughs> um let's see. Brian, what had the most flair? What was the most stunning and appealing for you about the the fifth element?
6: The one-liners. Mm, oh, does anyone three else want to negotiate?
5: Are,
2: three movies
6: that are. are oh. well, where did he learn of, to negotiate? Princess Bride and Ghostbusters.
2: Oh wow! Oh really? Mm. Wow, that's high, that's high praise right there. Okay,
6: yeah,
4: that's that's quite the company you, it keeps.
2: Do you have your a favorite line? Like one you tend to quote a lot. I only speak two languages, English and bad English. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Yeah,
3: I will find myself saying, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime my wife and I are
0: cooking, depending multipass. on what the dish is, usually at some point one of us will go, chicken,
3: chicken wow. good. <laughs> oh, my word. If okay. I'm going to cons and I'm showing my badge, I like so many people are going, multi-pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh that the, the
0: movies uh the dialogue has worked its way into our regular vernacular. Okay, yeah. that's
2: fun. Not so much for me, but that's totally fair. Uh let's see, let's go with Mike
3: next. <clears throat> What's your classic maker? My classic maker was just the the snappy rhythm and pace of some of the dialogue. And mm-hmm, I think that is mm-hmm. most uh most exemplary in just the just the impeccable timing of the hallway scene with Ruby Rod. Like this was, I was about to say that's it's all due to Ruby Rod. <laughs> that is well the thing is they did this scene in uh in sound production first and then filmed to match it. Oh and really? I think wow. It really shows because it it sounds so good, yeah, and you know, and and just the just the just the pacing and the dialogue and just keeping it pop, keeping it snapping mm-hmm. it is just such so incredible. Yeah, making it
0: pop,
5: I'm pop, pop. pop. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that scene was super green.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Well, that leaves me. What was most green about this movie for me was actually something you guys touched on before. And it's just the – I thought all the actors did such a good job of, like, be, feeling lived in in this world that they they really brought a lot to this, a lot of uh, groundedness to it. Mila, Mila Jovovich uh, with, like you were saying, I think James, how she played her eyes so well. Um, I, I actually was drawn most to Gary Oldman as Zorg. I thought he was a great mm. villain. Um, the only part I still and I was looking for it this time, I still don't understand is why does blood drip down from the middle of his forehead? Why? Yeah, when he's I talking to evil oil. planet Why? What? I missed it. I think it's motor oil. <laughs> I was about to say it's, it, <laughs> for
4: what it, though? I don't know if it is blood, but and yeah, and where does it come from? I think the, the, the
0: studio PA got lost or something <laughs> and tripped over and I thought it was like a weird gravy, like Bovril or something, because it had like this brown look to it. Okay, well,
2: whatever it was, why was it there?
0: (laughs) Is what. It's, it's the did. gravy of evil, Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it's his I, desk. I mean, if 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 tuxedo shirts are flying out of it, an alien from a pocket, and CDs, CD. Why do they still have CDs in the future? <laughs> then obviously there's a button to make gravy fall from the ceiling. Okay,
2: yeah, you got me. You got me there. There's nothing
0: scares Gary Oldman like gravy from a ceiling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
4: my gosh.
2: Well, yeah. Uh, you know what? There was plenty to like. Unfortunately, we didn't have. I didn't have as much time to get to all the likes, but I'm going to take Captain's Privilege because there is one more thing I forgot that I liked, guys. So, so sorry. I know. Oh, so you get I was, one. Yeah, I get one. It's true. And that would be Junkyard Juggernauts. A warlord has taken the king and queen prisoner and their only hope is you and the junkyard. Junkyard Juggernauts is a pixel art-infused tabletop card game for one to four players designed by Francisco Ruiz. Hey, that's me. You will play as a mage drafting cards to build the arms and legs of a magic-fueled mech, a.k.a. a juggernaut, before taking on the Warlord. With an expected Kickstarter in 2024, there's still plenty of work to be done on Junkyard Juggernauts, and you can stay in the know by signing up to their newsletter at junkyardjuggernauts.com.
4: That's great, Francisco.
2: Oh, good. I'm glad you like that, What Paul. does
4: that have to do with the fifth
2: element? Actually quite a bit, Paul, because in my game, I'm using the elements of fire, wind, earth, and water. It's like this junkyard juggernauts is a precursor to the fifth element.
3: One question, Francisco, though. Did a lot of love go into this game? Because there you have your fifth element right there. So okay. when you combine all of the different elements,
0: Uh, the earth, fire, water, and air, does that mean that the mech is, when combined, becomes an avatar for the player? Or Captain Planet. I'm confused.
2: (laughs) In a way, yes, exactly. That's what happens, except not so much. But
4: Um, (laughs) you put it together with love.
2: Yeah. All right, Paul, I get it. You want to talk about Captain Planet and the movie Heart. All right. Yeah, the Planeteers. Here we go. (laughs) Well, I don't we have, have the I don't have any you trivia oh about that. So, how about I give you some trivia about the Fifth Element, Paul?
4: Ah, uh, much better. Yes. Oh, okay, let's get back to the movie. Yes.
2: Did you all realize that the animatronic mechanisms used for the Mangalore masks, those were like the ogre-looking bad guys, uh, were later recycled for the Pneumodians in Star Wars Episode One, the Trade Federation guys? Yep. <clears throat> um. So. With that in mind, do you – so my question for you all is, do you have a favorite animatronic effect you would like to see in more movies?
4: Uh, let's start with Paul. No, because <laughs> <Okay>. the, best, <laughs> the best thing about effects is when you don't know that they are effects. Sure. So I don't – I – for example, like uh, – Smallville episode one. It flies over corn, and the corn is all CGI, but it looks real. You don't know it's fake unless you hear the commentary. Is the, Those corn are the kind of effects. animatronic? No, but is the the Mangalore masks animatronic? Yes, apparently they are. Well, that's why it looked good when talking Ex- because the <laughs> other parts when they were talking didn't with the CG. <laughs> Again, not good effects that I want to see.
2: <laughs> all right, how about you, Brian? I don't know if I want to see it in
6: more movies, but uh, I do have a favorite animatronic effect, oh, okay. and that well, was that? the uh, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present from a Muppet Christmas Carol.
4: That was excellent. Yeah, I agree. The, I don't know if I it, want to see that, but it does. It's well done. That's yeah. the big guy, right?
2: The yeah. Jolly. And big not only
6: guy? well done, but it's two performers having to work in perfect sync. Oh wow! I don't and the I guy that. operating the face is like off screen and also doing the voice oh wow so okay he's doing a character of stylized voice and character while operating this incredibly complex controller device and being in
2: sync with the guy actually in the suit wow so that was just i just wish that was in a better
4: movie but okay um <laughs> sounds like uh who was it Bluto? not that's not his name but uh oh
2: from um from, from labyrinth, labyrinth. I think yeah. that was just
4: one per. Well, I don't know if it's two. I don't know, but it was. Yeah, I like yeah. those big, yeah, Muppet people.
3: Uh, Mike, how about you? Yeah, actually, the something similar to the to the Mangalore uh, animatronics. I mm-hmm. I really do love that marrying of animatronics and creature suit acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was it was most splendidly done uh, in what I thought was otherwise a dumpster fire of a film, uh, uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, oh, yes. oh yes, okay. Which, we episode uh, yes, reviewed meant, that, on on episode, that. Yeah, uh, our, I will fill in the blank here I will go yeah. search for it, folks. <laughs> while you talk about it yeah just the fact that you had uh you had such uh, such an incredible creature suit performance as well as just the team because there are several there were what 30 yeah. people working on on the facial structures all working in tandem and it just created such a beautiful dance of a yeah, performance absolutely. that makes a human-like uh, human-like face yeah. i thought the the mangalores came pretty pretty close to that mm-hmm. um not quite to that degree but they i thought that just yeah the the animatronics and creature suit acting was just fantastic awesome
2: and if you want to hear mike talk more about harry and the henderson's along with me paul and also kevin joshua burnham check out retro says so 200 248 And that leaves, James, what's your favorite animatronic you'd like to see more movies or just your favorite one in general?
0: I'm going to kind of mirror what my co-hosts have said. Mm. Um, I love the practical effect of either someone in a suit, but then also somebody manipulating the alien or extra parts off on the side. Mm -hmm. When you take a look at the creatures that are present in, say, a movie like... Return of the Jedi
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: is um, the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And when you have the practical effect of some of the aliens that are on Jabba's sail barge or in his uh, or, or in Jabba's palace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and versus others like Jar Jar Binks or the Gungans. And it, one looks real. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's, it's something that is physically there. And that you see the other actors actually interacting with yes. and has a has a presence to it, a mm-hmm. realness to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one uh is just you think uncanny valley mm-hmm. and just exactly takes you out of the film completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um I have no idea what the budget is like for either one of those. Brian would be more the one to to tell you, at least on the digital side. But <laughs> they're
6: surprisingly I, close together, actually. Oh really? <laughs> really? Okay.
0: Huh. and i would say for the money uh let's put some of those out of work motion control actors back <laughs> back in place and 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 those artists like um like the the, the robot makers the costume makers yeah, yeah. the makeup they're, artists they're, they're the who put shops. it all together the creature shop the shops. trouble
6: with a creature shop and with animatronics and puppets is that whatever you've got on set that day is what you've got
5: mm-hmm. you whereas with go cgi
0: fix it in post
6: they'll continue noting it until the vfx company has run out of money and has gone bankrupt
0: we're not going (laughs) to see the cgi go away we're just not it's we're too embedded into it but i would like to see more use of the live in creatures Mm -hmm. and with maybe just instead of the cgi becoming the norm i'd like to see it become an accent yeah exactly like the orcs in lord of the rings yeah 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 exactly
4: But See, everyone agrees with me. You don't want to see the effects because <laughs> it takes you out of the movie. But great trivia, Francisco. Wow. And thanks. you do a great job, Brian.
6: <laughs> yes, you do. Well, you the do idea bad. is that you don't want to see the effects. <laughs> they should be invisible.
4: Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Great trivia, Francisco. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. And now that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about the fifth element. Indeed. Uh, so Sheila A. Hendrickson Fraley
2: uh, says, love it. Steve Hamilton says, the cigarettes. <laughs> okay. Oh, that he has those four cigarettes, I guess, that he can use. Um, Nathan Bance, uh says, one of my f- – One of my top five of all time. Fantastic pacing, world-building, and developing likable characters. The fact the villain never meets the hero is awesome, too. The only role Chris Tucker ever felt lime like he nailed. To this day, Mm. I listen to the soundtrack, Fantastic Film.
4: Mm. Eric Trinidad says, Multipass.
5: Leloo Dallas Multipass.
2: Indeed. Joy Felix says, if you don't rate it classic, we are going to have words. But no pressure. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh, Eric Purcell says, big bada boom. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Jolie, I think,
2: uh, Heilman says, if you don't rate it as classic, then you and I can't be friends anymore. Just saying. And I'm reading from the the comments on Mike Mike uh, Mike's posts or repost of this. So I think I think we don't me me and Paul don't have to worry. It's just if if uh, Mike doesn't rate this classic,
4: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yes, uh, Michael Withers says the music. Michael mostly. Withers. Mikkel, Michael, I, Mikel, Michael M I K E L. Whatever how you Michael, pronounce it, it's Michael. Mr. Michael. Withers. Oh my gosh. He says the music he remembers mostly. Had the soundtrack for years and played it a lot. Zorg was great. Ruby Rod. Sorry, man. Sorry. The visuals. Terrific movie. David Mattingly says, and if there's
2: one thing I do not like, it's to be disappointed. Fortunately, this film does not disappoint.
4: Right. Nathan James Norman says, surprising and awkward nudity while sitting (laughs) next to my parents in the theater. (laughs) Drew Dodgen uh, put a GIF of uh, uh, Lee Lee Lou saying uh, multi-pass. Yep. Josh Appel also did when he wrote, the whole movie is brilliant and timeless. Multi-pass. Kristen Rich Victor says, is that the movie where
2: every restaurant is Taco Bell? It's McDonald's, I think.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there was a surprising Uh, amount uh, of Taco Bell in here. but that Demolition Man, wasn't it? Demolition Man, yeah. Yes, that's what it was, yeah. Who Will Save Generation X Podcast says, Chris Tucker took me right out of this movie. Ooh. I feel like it had so much potential, but it's just silly and not in a good way. Dun, dun, dun. Dave, in, Dave Mattingly says,
2: again, uh, this and Big Trouble in Little China are my most watched movies.
4: John Harju says, being incredibly disappointed by it. <laughs> wow. Um, and David Bob geese finishes it off with no trace of boron anywhere. Why promote the fifth element if you're not going to feature it in the film? <laughs> Actually, I never saw it. I wonder what you guys wish you hadn't seen in this movie. You know what? Good point, Baba.
2: And let's, let's talk about the things we wish weren't in this movie, the things we disliked. Travis, bring up our dislike section.
1: Worse Okay,
2: guys, I'm going to kick us off, kick off our dislike section. I knew it. I knew it. as soon as I said kick, I knew it was coming. Um, I don't I didn't care for the the editing style where they would go between like two to three different scenes carrying on the conversation. Sometimes oh, I when love I see that. I, I oh, like it in great some though. movies. When it makes sense that oh you would be talking about the same thing here, but it doesn't make sense that they all would be talking about the exact same thing in sync enough to have the conversation carry over between like three or four different scenes. It it's, just it's took me out of the movie.
4: They used to not make it slow and boring. It
2: it bothered me. It was it made, it was too unbelievable that that would be happening for me.
5: Right? Unbelievable.
3: Exactly. I will- I will grant you that that is that that is not a plausible scenario. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yes. and I support you in having your own subjective interaction with the film, despite the fact that I loved it.
5: I mean, <laughs> you know what, Francisco?
2: Yeah, I
3: also agree with you. <laughs> oh,
2: <really>? <laughs> <laughs> Except you loved it too, Paul. Is that what No, one? I think I, oh, I oh. it
4: did take me out of the movie, but oh, I okay. thought it was a nice uh, break from the norm. Okay, so and, it kept and that's the movie fair. going.
2: All right. Totally fair. But, yeah, just it my, it. it's, it's, yeah.
4: it's yet another thing that um I think Mike said earlier that there's a lot in this that just doesn't make sense. In fact, that that would be my tragic maker. So I this film is so full of dislikes for me that I'm just going to save my other two for other things.
5: <laughs> so wait,
4: that that I just said is your tragic maker? No, there's a lot in here that, oh. in this movie that doesn't make sense. That is just... Number 84 in a long (laughs) list of things that don't make sense. Oh, my gosh. Okay.
0: All right, Mike, I just want to point out what you said a minute ago. That was the nicest way of telling someone, you're wrong and stupid, but I still like you.
3: He's... He's right on his own grounds. That was his interaction with the film. He ha- he hated it. I loved it. And and then we shake hands. And and then our podcast never talk about each other again.
2: I was <laughs> used to name drop retro rewind all the time. I wonder what
0: happened. <laughs> um. Wow. It Uh, all goes back to Geek at Arms episode 50 when they reviewed The Fifth Element. Exactly, exactly.
2: (laughs) If you're like at the end of all this, you're like, I want more Fifth Element talk from those three guys. They were awesome because they are awesome. Go check out uh, episode 50 of Geek at Arms, like James just said. And speaking of James, what's something you Mm -hmm. didn't like about The Fifth
5: Element?
0: remember what Mike was talking a bit ago about making sense? (laughs) (laughs) Aha! So, I couldn't help but think what exactly is zorg's reason for helping the death moon yeah and <laughs> yeah mr., mr shadow whatever you want to call him yeah i mean what does he get out of this i yeah. mean at some point he alludes to that oh it wasn't you know getting the stones wasn't easy my costs have tripled no money ever talked about what does Great. Okay, you're going to have instead of a billion dollars, you're going to have 3 billion dollars, but and how you're going to be spending for the ashes.
4: Just, yeah, how, when everything's destroyed maybe, anyway. Maybe he doesn't realize that
2: the it's he's going to destroy everything? I yes, I, I mean, know. I don't buy some it. Some things yeah. kind
0: of go over his head. Okay. And here's the other thing is that so this is like going to be the most important thing he probably has ever done. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing else impresses him. And yet it, it's it's He's scared to death. He he has to get this done. He has to get the stones. And he keeps outsourcing it
5: to the most <laughs> inept <laughs> beings and
0: employees right. that he has. Good point. Yes. And, like, uh, and he even says at the end, if you want something done, do it yourself. And he messes it up. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. he
3: doesn't he doesn't even look in the case when he's right there in the right. Room, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that dawns on him as he's laughing and you're crying,
4: they're not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I laughed
0: at. I yes, think that was a fun thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a fun gotcha, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, yeah, that that's a good point, James. That's it's uh, an excellent point. Oh yeah. <laughs> pointing to my tragic name. Wow, okay. Well, <laughs> we're not there yet. Brian, what's something you didn't like? And how does it point to Paul's Tragic Maker? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, it remains to
6: be seen how much David points at Paul's Tragic Maker.
2: David? (laughs) Who's David? David. Exactly.
6: David was the acolyte. uh, Oh,
5: yeah, Cornelius' assistant.
2: Luke Luke
6: Perry,
5: right?
2: Yes. No. Well,
4: that whole (laughs) (laughs) intro. Oh, wait, was (laughs) it? Was
5: he?
2: I
4: thought you were talking about the other acolytes.
5: The the, the Aziz who was pointing the the light? No, No, David. that
6: guy. See, he doesn't remember who David is either because he He does not matter. On (laughs) a side
0: note, considering how big uh, Perry was in the '90s, I thought he was going to play a much bigger part in this movie when I originally saw it. That whole uh,
4: Brian, that whole intro when they're in the past doesn't matter. They could easily cut that out. He's not in. I'm talking about the
6: acolyte of Cornelius, the guy with
4: the stupid add-on.
6: So
2: Luke Perry
4: plays Billy.
2: Yes. Charlie Creed-Miles plays David, who yes, yes is helping Bilbo Baggins.
3: Exactly. Who yes. Is so utterly forgettable that it's taken us this long to establish. Who he is. <laughs> was he the one with the gun or the hat?
2: We don't know.
4: <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: Okay, so so you're that was something you didn't
3: like. Was so just it was an extra
4: character the- that you didn't like. You 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 like priests who can do it on their own and not have assistance. <laughs>
3: Careful, no, you're talking to an associate
4: minister. This is here. somebody
6: that they paid to be in the movie, and he shouldn't have been there.
4: Well, the ninety like, million has to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they had leftovers from the the designer. So. Wow.
6: Well, I could. I'll when we get to my tragic maker, we can hear where I thought that money should have gone. All okay. right. <laughs>
2: That's fair. <laughs> um, Mike, where do you think they should have spent a little bit more money? What's some you don't like?
3: Uh yeah, the. I was is something similar to Zorg's um, to do you know what? No, actually you've already hit that. I'm going to move on to something entirely different. Oh, there I we go. Of, I think that the fight scene with lilu and the Mangalores did not age. Well, I yes. thought that it was Agreed. wonderful in, in at the time and the moment, but Pat, post-Matrix, like huh. these things that, that looked so yep. crisp in practice then, A, don't look all that crisp or practiced, and B, there's a lot of Mangalores hanging around in the background just waiting to get hit. Yep. Like, you, Turtle have movie. A, you have a gun pointed at somebody for crying out loud. Yep, so oh,
0: it was a bit, bit Looney Tooney. I
4: yeah. I like how you're you're supporting my tragic me. I mean, <laughs> the aliens shoot everybody but Lilo, Lilo, and I then think. Lilo attacks the aliens. Well, I guess but as soon can't... as as soon as Gary Olden comes in with the same gun as those gun guns have, Megalore. is I know they're not gun guns, oh. but then she runs away. It oh. none of it makes sense. Well, Lilo had Stitch to help her. Yes oh, exactly man, that
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> I was about oh. to comment on his pronunciation beat me to it, James. um uh, it mike i will I will just add on the to that thing. the whole yeah the the fight yeah Cuba crisper I really it really just like was I don't know if jarring is the right word, but just nonsensical that at the there end we go. We're, we're we're trying to do some uh, movement punctuations to the music, and Lee Lu. Lee Lu goes like this with her arms. She like goes like bow does a bow with her arms out to match what the the opera performer is doing. I get why the mm. opera performer were doing it, was doing it. And if let's say Li Lu, you know, was a general ESP. who became a slave, who became a gladiator, who defied Zorg, then I could see she would have like repeated that sort of motion because she would have but been doing that in her gladiator days. But no. There's no seeding of why she would move like that to begin with. So why are you to... doing some sort of performative thing at the end when every all the Mangalores that you killed, that you beat up, are gone, are dead, or pass out? Because you know, if no she one's had looking half you, the chance. I don't know what's going on.
0: Here. to dance, and she'd be dancing with
3: herself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, did you did, did that make sense? My little tirade there, or?
3: Yeah, I think okay. that your tirade made made perfect sense. I mean, but I I think the answer to that is she learned all of uh, she learned all of her moves from martial arts movies, and that's why she does theatrical. No, no, oh. that makes no sense.
2: Actually, that did make sense as you said. I <laughs> <forgot>. <laughs> she had that moment where she's looking at the computer with all this stuff.
4: So I, I thought she was so perfect. She had ESP and she was connected. She had to
2: discharge her chi. <laughs> oh,
3: there you go. There you go.
4: All right, fair, whatever.
2: But it still so bo- it bothered me in the moment. Yeah, Uh, I support it. Paul, why don't you give us one more dislike or your dislike before we get to Tragic Makers. All
4: right. The whole thing of this film is that, uh, spoiler, it it all accumulates, if that's the right word, leads up to they need the four elements. And then the fifth element needs to be activated by love. And they're supposed to be like this great. There's no chemistry between right. Bruce Willis and Mia jo- I'm sorry, Mila, Mia, whatever your name Mia is. Mia Jovovich. Sure, that's that too. But there is no chemistry between these two that make me feel like, oh, they were in love and they just need to get together. I mean, I think the scientist that helped created uh the, the perfect element, the girl, was in love with her more than Bruce Willis was. Let me let me ask you Fair. this, Paul.
2: Can you think of any uh, the Princess Bride. No, 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 no. Can you think of any uh movie where Bruce Willis has felt like there's she, he's had good chemistry with uh with the the love interest or a the, love interest? Yeah, he,
4: that's not his role. He, okay. he does a great like him shooting a, along the balcony and yes. jumping in, that is the uh, quintessential, that's why you have Bruce Willis in this movie for those five or ten seconds. So that was no. amazing.
0: When when he and Hans Gruber look into each other's eyes on top of <laughs> the Tower. There's just that spark there for a moment.
6: Yeah, I thought it had great chemistry with that little fat kid from the kid.
0: Yes.
2: Oh my oh, god, I've never seen the kid, Bye. Wow. okay. Oh. Wow. Jeez.
4: So uh, yeah, there, there, it, it all leads up to this great supposedly yeah. romance
0: that okay. just is not there. And I would have been better if there was a great romance. There okay, to, I, I, to, I will have to go with Paul on this a little bit. My thinking was okay. So this, she's been the fifth element has been used to defeat evil before because this happens every, as the professor says at the beginning, three thousand years. Yeah. So okay, what what was the person's name that she fell in love with the first time that this happened, or the last time? And is she just breaking hearts throughout the centuries? As she (laughs) falls in love, gets fired off, saves the universe, and then goes back into the sarcophagus.
2: Yep. Paul, yeah, I I can see how that would bother you. But let's get into our tragic makers. And let's start with James. What did you... I know you you really enjoyed this movie. At least you said you predicted classic. But was there something you really hated about it?
0: Actually, there is. I went on in my classic maker about how much I enjoyed Luc Besson's vision for this world. Mm -hmm. Going back to Luc Besson... Um, I question some of his decision making because this movie gets a little skeezy at times. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, they more. turned their backs when she was changing.
5: <laughs>
0: what the camera? <laughs> Which did? time? Because she does it multiple times. Well, yeah, there were three times that Lilu was on display, kind mm. of. Yeah, and even though she was in the background and and the focus wasn't on her, the fact that it it, it happens more than once, twice, and three times. It's like, if I had a nickel for every time it happened, I'd have, well, three nickels, which isn't a lot, but (laughs) still it's, you know, it's more than one. But you add that along with, like, the skimpy outfits that Mm -hmm. she was Mm -hmm. constantly wearing, and, uh, I mean, it's easy to see, and it it, it's no surprise at all that Luke Basson was kind of crushing hard on Mila Jovovich during mm. this movie. In fact, she, uh, he ended up leaving his fiance to begin to pursue a relationship with Mila while they were shooting.
5: Well, yeah, really? cuz she's
0: perfect according of to the course. movie. <laughs> according <laughs> and, to the script written by
3: Luke Basson. Yes.
0: <laughs> I also want to point out Mila was about 19 years old when they were shooting us and Luke was in his 30s. Oh really? So hey, that's a bit odd. So, you hey. you add that along with the whole Rudy Rod and the stewardess scene oh, yeah. when they were yep, taking yep, yep. off. These were moments that I think if they Seemed had not existed almost, at all, yeah. if they were completely mm-hmm. gone from the movie, nothing would have been taken away from it and nope. the movie would have been just fine yep. and I would have been happier without them. Yeah.
5: Mm.
2: I can I can totally get behind that for sure uh brian what could have totally been removed or excised from this movie and you would have felt better about it
6: well ironically uh the thing that could have been removed it was removed because i'm going to talk about the costumes
2: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> ah but yeah. right i'm there
6: uh i don't know the Hiring a fashion designer or not, I just thought all of the costumes looked so cheap. Oh, really? Yeah. Well,
4: especially Mia's costume with just the band, the duct, <laughs> yeah, bandages that, was that magically literally. stayed and, on. And
2: especially that alien skin where you just, you know, you put your hand in and you
4: bring out stones. Yeah, that yeah. that that didn't make Which sense. Which was weird. It's like, <laughs> how does he know? Like, it's there. Like, it could be anywhere. How inside does she her?
2: sing with stones implanted in
4: her body? Easy. You you start off with the marbles in your mouth and you swallow and you keep on singing. Mm -hmm. It's just training. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. But continue. Really compress the diaphragm. I mean, like constantly because it's like the size of this with those stones against it. That's how she can hit those high notes.
6: There were a couple of exceptions, but most of the costumes, they didn't fit right. Yeah,
2: they seemed they all, looked like, out of place, for sure. The, especially, like, the police uniforms and stuff. This, the, mm, they, yeah. like, put so much on them. And, like, why would you? It doesn't. It didn't you really so. need, like, this gigantic spotlight on your chest. Yeah. yeah, Nothing
0: says law enforcement <laughs> than metallic penguin. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that says it the most, I think, except not yeah. So Everything
6: the, about this movie, the, that's the the thing that makes me think this movie looks cheap.
2: Okay. The, costume. the costume. So good. That's totally fair. Uh, Mike, what's what's something that looks so cheap to you, you wanted to get it out of this
3: movie ASAP? Yeah. One thing that I think that we could have lost uh, is the juxtaposition of sexuality and violence.
5: Mm-hmm. With
3: the ruby rod uh, in, in his engagement with the flight attendant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and Zorg uh, killing his minion, um as much as I like this the snappiness of the going back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. answering each other, the it really just rubs me the wrong way when we have the juxtaposition of of uh of of Ruby Rod and his and his uh and his flight attendant and and the explosion killing killing the guy. I just that yeah. will squick me every time. That's fair. Yeah.
2: I, and it it's There's too many people. I things mean it makes sense. It makes sense why. Zor would kill his his man. I mean, he's a, he's the bad guy. He doesn't really care. But yeah, he didn't need it to punctuate the, like the the takeoff. I think that's the part you're
3: talking about, right? Where the, mm, yeah, the, yeah, because there's the takeoff, the explosion, and the in the remember, remember, yeah, yeah, exactly going on at the same time. Yes, <laughs> um,
4: yeah, I,
2: I can totally. I think there's an element, like we said before, where this seems very much like the type of story a teenage uh, boy would be writing. And so that I don't think it's it's good that it wasn't edited out in lieu of something that's a bit uh, just more, I don't know, classy, more cinematic. Yeah. Cinematic Cinematic's not quite the right word, but just uh, for better story beats or elements, I guess is how I'll put yeah. it. All right, now before we get to the creme de la creme with Paul's uh, classic make, uh, tragic maker of you know this movie, um, I'm going to say my 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 I have uh, two that I'm going to sort of join into one here, and that's first off, um, <clears throat> I didn't I, I sort of spoke to it just a second ago. I didn't understand the opera singer. I thought that was very that aria
4: she did was very I th- pretty. I think it's Italian. That's why. What? you didn't understand her.
2: Oh my gosh. It's not what I meant.
4: I'm sorry, I don't I, know. I only speak English. I didn't
2: understand <laughs> why. <laughs> why they have this apparently this opera that lasts all of like five minutes. Because they had to cram junk?
0: a fight scene into it as well.
2: I, yeah, it's like um usually when you pay for like you know, operas or, sh- or music shows are like a, two, three hours, not five minutes. <laughs> so I'm like, what is, why are you guys doing now? Do you think they them could... to
4: show another two hours? No, of just I'm the expecting
2: opera? you to do something else that would make more sense. You other wanted than the show that. to continue going on during the gunfight? <laughs> yes, let's do that. <laughs> like I, the Titanic and the oh my god violin gosh. quartet. And then just add on <laughs> to that the the real like the real base the real like uh, uh uh foundation for my tragedy maker is the music in this movie was all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. my word. Pick
4: a tone please. It's just no. It it's was, either nothing or the wrong tone. It, I'm, several times I was I turned to my wife and said, like, why does the music not match? Yeah, I mean, exactly, I, I could have exactly. easily heard <laughs> <laughs> and it would have fit just as well as a couple of people said they liked the music, yeah, you know, yeah. and they listened to the soundtrack. Fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. You can listen to the soundtrack by itself, but have it at least with the movie. It should at least go well with the scene. It almost
2: felt like they they had a temp track, and they're like, "Let's just license all that
3: music. It's good enough." I, I don't know what <laughs> happened. That's
4: not even a good temp track.
3: <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I don't to okay, call nine one one for James because I think he's. <laughs> it would have been a great
0: scene. If, uh, that had been included as the Mangalores are, are coming into the theater, if, you know, they channel Titanic for a second and all these musicians look at each other and go, Gentlemen, it has been an honor. And you see that it's a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's an orchestral unit, uh, electric guitarist, a DJ at the <laughs> counter, and the, and the classical violinist goes, Let us play, my friends. You know, DJ Grafbach, drop us that
5: beat. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. So that, that was my true tragedy maker. It's just the music did not fit this movie in so many ways. And it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it, didn't, they didn't, it didn't match with each other and it didn't match with the movie on the whole, from my, my opinion.
4: I agree with you. Right
2: on. Right on.
5: Right on. Right on. Right on.
2: And, Paul, what was wrong on
4: about this movie for you? What's your tragic maker? Strap in, boys. <laughs> My tragic maker is that this, a lot of this movie, most of it just doesn't make sense to me. So okay. I've already said that. So I'll go with the bonus one of the effects uh, just don't hold up to today's oh. standards. They don't hold up. to... I remember in the theater going, "What is this, Paul? Like, there's a flame skull coming at you." No, it's so like cool. even like the, especially like in space. Like they use Microsoft Paint for these spaceships, <laughs> or and then the the effects, the practical effects. I feel like I'm watching a rip off of Captain EO.
5: Like <laughs> what the heck,
2: <laughs> Paul? Are you watching on your like 8K cinemascope? a yeah. 100-inch TV? Oh, okay. Of well, course.
0: okay. <laughs> you gotta find an old, late-90s RCA at, like, a pawn shop somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Then the facts the will look great. Yeah, if it's you squint awesome. and then it kind
3: of, like, blurs the lines <laughs> together, it's great. <laughs> hey,
0: at least
4: it was colorful. I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> okay, so the facts were mainly your Yeah, the facts maker.
4: just are, are lousy compared to today's standards. Right. Except for a few that I mentioned before, which yeah. actually one of my likes. Yeah. But... Most of them do not hold up. Okay. You just take me right out of the movie. Oh, right out of this fifth element. Well, now
2: it's time to put all these elements together. We've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer. Travis, do you have a firing solution for us?
1: Firing solution complete. Salvo authority accepted. Ratings prepared to launch.
2: Okay, guys, it's time for the moment of truth. Do we rate The Fifth Element a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you enjoyed it as a kid, young adult, whenever you saw it last, um, then yeah, check it out again if it's been a while. Um, But if you've never seen it before, probably just pass this one by. Or is it a tragic? We'd recommend no one see this film. If you've never seen it before, keep it that way. And if you have seen it before, don't sully any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. Let's begin with the geek at arms, guys. I'm going to go with Mike first. What was your final reign for the fifth element? You had predicted classic. Where did it end up for you?
3: Paul convinced me this film is just tragic. No, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <Okay. laughs> I heard tragic. We're going to continue on, no, Brian. I, no. <laughs> no, I, I do. Uh, honestly, though, I uh, I love this film. Oh, okay. uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to rate it a classic.
2: Classic. Okay. All
3: righty. Flawed as it is, I love it. All right. Um
2: i'm i'm real curious when did you what age were you when you first saw it would you say
3: mike oh i was in my 20s 20s, well i mean granted how old was i when the film came out is another thing but um it was several years later and my wife who usually isn't the sci-fi aficionado says oh have you seen this movie you've got to watch it and it's like the one of the very few science fiction films that she introduced me to rather than the other way around
2: oh wow very cool
3: is it because there was a quote-unquote love in- and
4: <laughs> interest in there because that was my wife's favorite part and i'm like really <laughs>
5: <laughs> this story. i'm
4: trying to remember if we were dating at the time or
2: not but anyway oh, okay yeah. well so classic for mike brian what was your uh firing from uh after predicted a classic
6: This movie has an awful lot that's wrong with it, but those things, to me, just kind of make it more charming. So I'm going to stick with classic. It's a
4: classic bad movie. You you softies. Okay. Uh,
2: (laughs) James, lay down the hammer. I I know there's got to be a a tragic (laughs) among you,
0: amongst you. Paul's words to this podcast have touched my heart. Oh, I have good. looked deep within They've and I've realized sizes. that all of his words have just caused me to become nauseated with them because this oh. movie is still fantastic.
5: Does it have flaws?
0: Yes, it does. But when you look at it as a whole, I mean, what movie from 1997's? what effects are going to hold up today? I mean Titanic. Titanic, uh, been, many I, of them better I, than this one I do not <laughs> like Titanic at all
2: Independence I think holds up it's been a while since it, it, I've seen it, it, but it, it
0: it's, it's been a long time too a I mean, little bit of Men in Black but T- considering, T- considering, Force one. considering where <laughs> it was made it's my best friend's wedding <laughs> <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding Oh my
2: <laughs> gosh! continue
0: James but Movies like this don't come across hardly ever anymore. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a fun sci-fi action comedy romp. It's,
2: it's kind of pulpy. It has some pulpiness it does. to and it. Get much, it, yeah. has,
0: it has, for whatever flaws it has, it makes up for it with awesome visuals, charm, witty, snap pass, snappy dialogue, heart, and so much more. Oh, so gosh. it is absolutely a... Classic. A
3: classic from James. All right. Now, do keep, do take into context that you did invite in a, a bunch of podcasters who had an episode 45 trash movies we can't help loving. So, <laughs>
5: yeah. I, mean, like, I will be
6: back if you do Buckaroo, buckaroo Bonsai. I oh, okay. Oh, please. <laughs> me, no.
5: me and Paul both <laughs> have tried watching that last
2: night. Me and Paul have both tried watching that movie, and we, I think we both, Stop, because we...
4: I
5: I finally found the movie that Retro
4: Rewind won't do. I finished it, and I don't ever want to sit through that again.
2: Wow. All right. Um, Oh, I didn't ask Brian and James, when did you guys uh, first see
0: Fifth Element? Because I'm just curious if this plays into your final reign or not, that's all. I I saw it in the theater. Same here, I saw it back in 1997. Actually, Brian, we might have saw it together. We might have. We were both living in Wichita at the time. So Um, were you guys in your, like, 20s then? I was 19 at the
2: time. Yeah, 22. Okay. Very cool. For me, I probably saw it. I don't think I saw it when it first came out. I probably saw it closer to when I was in my late teens, 20s. But uh, uh, enough about me. Uh, Let's go to our reflux capacitors, um, or uh, the people that – you make make this time travel possible. Uh, if you support the podcast at $5 or more, you get to have a vote on these in these final reigns as well. And uh, the reflux of Pastures read, uh The Fifth Element a classic as well. So... Wow. We have uh, four classics. So it doesn't really matter what me and Paul rated. I was about to
4: say, let's, let's combine our powers and, and uh, make it a tie. What?
2: Okay, that's. I'm not sure what you mean there, Paul. I mean, how Me you mean there? You don't know what I'm going to rate it, but I'm curious what you're going to rate it, Paul. You had predicted tragic. Did it really end up yes. there for you?
4: Well, after watching this movie, I'm going to have to uh, quote R- Ruby Rod here when I say, What was that?
5: It was bad. It, it had nothing, no fire, no energy, no nothing.
1: You know, I have a shoulder right here, you know? Hmm? Hmm? And it my pop, pop, pop. It must be green,
4: okay? Okay. It was not green for me, sorry. Ah. But um I I personally don't like this film. I don't know if I'd ever rewatch it. But everyone that I've heard, include my wife who who likes it and rewatch it, they like it again. So that kind of fits in with our with our nostalgic rating of if you liked it before, then you'll like it again. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that category. Mm-hmm, but for mm-hmm. me personally, it's tragic. So I'm going to read it tragic just to. <laughs> to <laughs> but to. But so do, I can be a voice we'll for those
0: people. Everybody but else. You, yeah. But to also <laughs> <laughs> quote uh, Ruby Rod, what's wrong with you?
5: <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 classic uh oh yeah, Paul when did you first see this movie? Did you say I'm, I think I'm like, I saw it in the theater when it came out okay. yeah um for me, I had predicted classic, but man did it not live up to that i would i wouldn't I'd never care to see this movie again. I'd be what? totally happy if I never what is did. happening
3: right now. <laughs> He is expressing himself on his show, when we are getting <laughs> to be it,
2: it certainly has elements that are enjoyable, but unlike the Rocketeer, which is just the sum of its parts, I felt like this was less than the sum of its parts. Some of its, its parts were excellent if they were in isolation, but yeah. together, mm. I think it's just become sort of this, this podge podge. pastiche of teenage, uh, just... Teenage storytelling—that's what I'll go with. Just very like young adults, if they were uh, given a uh, ninety million dollars to make a movie. I don't know. Oh wow! Wasn't—isn't that what this cost? Maybe yeah. I'm just uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. No,
4: I'm just just yeah. I'm I just, guess that concept. I, you know what? Just... <laughs> that's
2: that's probably a diss to some young adult fiction. So never mind. Let I let was about that. to say
4: that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: But do you tragic- see what you've done, <laughs> as Vito Cornelius said: "Evil begets evil." <laughs> And by oh, yeah. Giving it a, a tragic, Look, you've only made it stronger. I've, i yeah, <laughs>
4: with great power comes great responsibility. I'm sorry I need to keep that my powers under check here. That's now right.
2: now, Paul, do you want to we could go back and redo uh, My Path and the
4: Holy Grail if you want to give that a tragic too? Wow, you love it so much you want to rewatch it and no, re-review
2: you, it? You could just
4: rewatch it and re-review it as tragic. No, I I watched too many movies
3: accidentally <laughs> for this
2: podcast anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, I should have asked. So what would you get it would be your final reign for heart, Paul. <laughs>
4: Tragic. <laughs> you know why it lacked heart. <laughs> oh, oh, oh,
2: all right. Well, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we with uh four classic reigns, we rate the fifth element a disputed classic film. We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to uh stick around here in 1997. We figure out what we're doing next. Travis?
1: Return to 20XX over in. The ComSat's broadcasting while awaiting return coordinates.
4: Oh, it's good to go. No
5: way. Oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> uh, feels good to be here in 1997, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1997 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely. Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz, Kenneth, Hinn, Fabius Lomax, Rosie Lomax, that's our Babo D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the Jigawatts coming. And if you want to help keep us flying and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroReonPodcast.com slash support
4: to start.
5: Sweet Scott!
4: If my calculations are correct. Then this stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. Hey, Francisco. Are there any... uh, (laughs) What what was that, Paul? Sorry, Doc Brown just really like threw me for a loop there. I know. He usually does appearing out of nowhere like that. (laughs) Um, But I was wondering, is there any uh, of some free ways to support the show? Uh, You know, where we're going, we don't
2: need... Freeways. Um, hey. Are <laughs> <laughs> there any non-monetary ways? Yes. So yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. Actually, yeah. yes, Paul. Uh, you listening? Probably enjoyed this episode. If you made it this far, uh, so if you aren't driving and we didn't cause an unearth, unholy a rage in you because me and Paul rated it tragic, <laughs> um, tap the share icon on your podcast player. Uh, for this episode, and send it to a friend. Say, I know you like uh, the movie The Fifth Element, or maybe I-, I know you hate The Fifth Element. Here are some people that agree with you. <laughs> so, um, but so still I
4: still th- rated a class. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you might like to listen to this podcast as well, and that'd be a great way to share the show for free. Cool, and I'll
4: bet they'll thank you for it. Maybe. And speaking of thanking people, we want to give a big elemental hug. Oh. <laughs> to all our, our friends for joining us here, sharing their thoughts on the fifth element, and we'll go by alphabetical. So, Brian, where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about?
6: Well, you can find James and I on the Woolheads podcast, woolheadspod.com, where we review season two of Amazon's The Wheel of Time.
4: Oh, cool. nice. nice.
0: All right. And <laughs> James, how can people find you online? And what's going on with you? Well, of course, you can find all three of us at geekatarms.com and uh, facebook.com slash geekatarms. And you can find me on Instagram under Dice Night EDC, where Ooh. I combine my shared hobbies of everything geeky and the world of everyday carry together.
4: Nice. Very
2: nice. All right.
0: <clears throat> and Mike Fraley, how can people find you online
3: and what's going on with you? Well, what's going on with me is I am also a co-host of the Geek at Arms podcast, uh, but uh, I know, but also since Brian plugged a Woolheads, I'm also going to pr- uh, plug the Christian Gamers Guild, which you Ooh. can find at christian-gamers-guild.org, of which uh, Brian is, are you still co-president of that? No, I am no. just a at-large board member. Just at-large bo- board member, Okay. So Mike. he's living large as a board member. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike says <nice. laughs> you need to cut that out, by is, the way. Isn't Geek at Arms also on Instagram now? Oh, Geek at Arms is also on Instagram. We are uh, Geek at Arms is, uh, is also on uh, Blue Sky and we are Arms Geek on Twitter. And what is Geek at Arms? Why don't you tell us something
2: about that? Because I'm not sure what that is, except <laughs> I do know. But I'm curious. Uh, people may not know
3: what it is sure geek at arms is a podcast camp at the crossroads of geek culture and christian faith uh where we uh talk about uh a number of subjects that uh that are oriented around the geekosphere whether that is uh historical swordsmanship science fiction fantasy and every other month we review a uh we review a uh a, a film club film very cool um, so also some actual play rpg experiments that uh that we're running. Very in our cool.
0: next episode, which we'll hopefully be releasing in the next couple of weeks, we'll be mm-hmm. taking a look at the classic western movie, uh The Magnificent 7. Oh nice. cool. Very nice. I
4: saw that. Three amigos ripped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> three amigos did do it more efficiently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the thrilling 3. Um and uh, what is our zombie apocalypse plan? Oh, wait, that's your guys' sh- shit. <laughs> hey,
3: hey, um, hey, stay in your lane, Francisco. <laughs> oh, stay in your lane. Dude, we have, he's been reviewing films 15 years or older. We need to really watch the stay in your lane. But, but how long has he been coming up
0: with zombie apocalypse plans of the week, Mike? That's your role, my man. I will defend you. Oh. That's fair. I don't mean
2: to walk on your guys' toes. And thank you so much for coming on. It's so awesome having you guys back again. I remember last time you were on for um, the uh, the thing, you know. The con no, we haven't reviewed the thing. The I the know, I want to review the thing for Star Trek 2: The Wrath of Khan. Awesome having you guys for that and for this. Um, yeah, thank you so so much for coming back again and being a part of the show and uh thank you paul for always being here and for all you rewinders new or old for another fun voyage
4: you're welcome and you can find me pauljpowers.com at
2: pauljpowers.com whoa and you can find me on our discord for show announcements or just to say hi join us there at retrorearmpodcast.com slash discord
1: this podcast is a proud member of culturebox a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media.
4: And as Nathan just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. Thank you, Exo,
2: and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for the next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Find out where we might be going by listening to our ship's logs at retrorewindpodcast.com story. But wherever it is, we'll catch you there next time.
1: Rewinders of the Lost Pod mission complete. Review audio ships logs for more details.